See, we have been in a series uh, started last week called Hearing God's Voice. Uh, last uh, week's sermon, I think, was titled from uh, uh, Samuel, remember the book of Samuel, where um, the young boy uh, whose mother was uh, Hannah, Elkanah was his uh, father, and uh, she, you know, she couldn't have children. And uh, she makes a promise and a vow to the Lord, if you give me a child, if you give me a, a son, I will give him back to you. And so when the child was weaned, she took that child and gave him to, took him to the temple, Samuel took him to the temple, gave him to Eli the priest. Israel was going through an incredible transition in that, during that time, there was a great falling away in the land. You know, they had this ebb and flow, these ups and downs in, in the history of Israel, where they were really on fire for God, or, you know, they just kind of completely abandoned God and started following the gods of the world, but that's where they were. They were in a down uh, uh, time, uh, when Samuel was uh, born and when he came to the temple. And, um, and it was there that God began to speak to him and began to, you know, to call him by name. And we used John chapter 10 last week when Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they know me, and they follow me. And, you know, we, we live in a time, and, and it's just, and I'm going I'm to cover this quickly, but we, we, believe it or not, we live in a time when there are many people that believe that everything that God has, has to say or has said is written in the Bible and that God doesn't say, he's not saying anything else. And it reminds me of uh, a story that I heard, true story, um, about a pastor that had been called in by the presbytery of the, the, their, their denomination and said, they said, tell us, there were four men, and they're grilling this guy for about three hours, and they said, tell us, you know, in your own words, do you believe that God speaks outside of the Bible? And he said, yes, I do. He said, I believe that, I believe that God speaks. And, and there are a lot of scriptures, and I'm going to point some of those out in a moment. But uh, he said, yes, I do. He said, I, I believe that. And uh, they said... Unless you can show us a book and a chapter and a verse, uh, we're going to have to relieve you of your position because what you believe does not fall in line with what our denomination believes. And he said, let me ask you a question. He said, I'm going to ask you a question. And he asked the lead guy, he said, who called you to preach? And the guy hung his head a little bit, and he said, Sir, please, I'm asking you a question. Who called you to preach? And he said, God called me to preach. And he handed him his Bible, and he said, Show me the chapter, the book, and the verse. And they all hung their head. But let me just share, share with you a couple of scriptures before we really get into the Word. In um, Exodus, well, I mean, we know that God spoke in the Old Testament. He spoke to uh, Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. He walked with them, and he talked with them in the garden. And uh, in Exodus chapter, well, in, uh, in Genesis, even before Exodus, God speaks to Noah, and he says, I want you to build an ark. And he gave him the dimensions. I want it so many feet long, cubits, I think was the word that he used, so many cubits wide, so many cubits high. 
And then in uh, Exodus, when God called Moses, he called, spoke to him out of the burning bush. And he says, uh, this is how I want you in Exodus chapter 31. The, the Lord said, listen to this. You'll hear this phrase over and over again. It says, and the Lord said to Moses, when you take incense to the, in, to the Israelites, count them. You know, he says, talking about, you know, uh, uh, a, a, a census, when you take a census, I'm sorry, when you take a census of the Israelites, count them. And then the Lord said to Moses, he says, when you're making a bronze basin, this is how I want you to do it for washing. And the Lord spoke to Moses again. This is all in one chapter. And it says, and the Lord said, take choice spices, 12 and a half pounds of free flowing myrrh, and uh, six and a quarter pounds of sweet-smelling cinnamon, and a quarter pound of sweet-smelling cane. And the Lord again said to Moses, Take spice and gum and resin and pure frankincense, uh, an equal amount, and make it into incense. And over and over again, we see that God is speaking to individuals in the Bible, both before the law came, before the Word of God came, after the Old Testament law came, while Jesus is here, and all, that, all of that time in between, God was speaking to individuals. You know, remember, when I was reading this morning the story, remember uh, when the king of Syria said, you know, every time I set up an ambush against the king of Israel, it's like he's forewarned. Someone keeps telling him about my ambush, so my ambush is foiled. And uh, one of his servants says, hey, it's Elisha. It's Elisha, Elisha's the, the one that's doing that. It's like the things that you say in your secret spot of your closet in your bedroom, Elisha's able to hear it, and he's the one that's warning the king of Israel because uh, Elisha's hearing, you know, Elisha and Naaman, you know, all of these stories in the Old Testament. Um, you know, over and over again, God's speaking to David, and that's where we're going to pick up this morning. I want to I'm going to just use this, and we'll just springboard off of this and get right into the Word. Um, but, you know, David was, uh, he was called, um, before I get there, let me, let me just do this. I, I, I got to share this story because it's, it's like so ridiculous, it's funny. But um, there were two churches, two pastors had had churches at the end of town. And uh, one day, they both got signs out, these placards, and they're holding them up. And one of them said, you know, the end is near. Uh, turn around before it's too late. And finally, this one guy pulls up in front of them and, you know, shakes his fist and yells at them. And he's like, why don't you guys just leave us alone? Leave us alone. And he drives off, and pretty soon they hear the tires screeching and splash of water and one of the pastors looked at the other one, and he says, you know, maybe we should just simply say the bridge is out rather than, you know, the end is near. <laughs> All right. So, um, God is calling David. God calls David in 1 Samuel chapter 16. Uh, uh, Samuel goes over. He anoints David at a very young age. He anoints him with oil. And then in the very next chapter, this is what I, this is what I love about the Bible. It's just like, boom. You know, chapter 16 David is anointed with oil. Chapter 17, uh, the giant shows up and David kills the giant. I mean, you just flip the page, just one page. And then in chapter 18, then all of a sudden, the heart of uh, the king is turned against uh, David and he wants to kill David. Saul wants to kill David because he's envious of him. And then we go on for, I don't know, probably about 15 years at that point. And then we read in 2 Samuel chapter 5, 
that David was anointed king when he was 30 years old, and we know that he served, he served in uh, uh, Jerusalem for, I think, seven years, and then he served all of Israel for another 33 years. He served as king for a total of about 40 years. But on the day, and, and this, this will happen in your life, when God begins to show up and God begins to move, move in your life, you're going to see the enemy start to come against you. You'll see the attack of the enemy to stop, to thwart the work of God. Now, I, you know, I've said this a hundred times, and, and I'm hoping that 101, all of you will get it. Satan has two goals in his life, okay, and in your life. Number one is to keep you from believing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's his number one obligation. His number one thing that he wants to do is to keep you from becoming a believer. But if you do become a believer, the second option is, is to, be, to keep you from becoming um, effective. He wants you to be ineffective in your call that God has called and placed on your life, okay? Keep you, number one, either from Jesus. Number two, make you ineffective in your, in your walk with Jesus. And so the war is on. I mean, I've, I, people have probably told you this, you know, you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and everything's going to be fine in your life. Well, I tell you what, when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, all hell broke out in my life. And you probably recognize that too. It's just like everything that could come against you, everything that, you know, it's just like, it's just like, man, the fiery darts are just boom, 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 coming against you. And so on the day, on the very day, this is, we're reading from Samuel chapter 5, on the day that, that David is anointed king uh, over Israel, it says that when the Philistines heard that David had been designated as king over Israel, they all went up to search for David. And when David heard about it, he went down to his fortress. And now the Philistines had arrived and they spread out over the valley. And it says, then David asked the Lord, listen to this. David is talking, he's having, having a communication. Another word we could use for that is prayer. David's praying to God. David's talking to God. David's speaking to God. He's seeking the face of the Lord. And David asked the Lord, should I march up against the Philistines? And the second question he, had, he asked, he says, Will you hand them over to me? And the Lord said, March up, for I will indeed hand the Philistines over to you. So David marched against uh, Baal Perism and defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has burst out against my enemies like water breaks out. And he called the name of that place, the Baal Perism. And the Philistines abandoned their idols there, and David and his men picked them up. And the Philistines again came up and spread out in the valley. And David asked the Lord, what should I do? And God doesn't always have you do the same thing the same way every time. And God said, this is the way you fought them last time, but this next time we're going to fight them a different way. And so David asked the Lord, what should I do? And the Lord said to him, don't march straight up. Instead, circle around behind them and come against them on, the op on opposite the trees. And uh, act decisively. It means quickly. He says, for at that moment, the Lord is going before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did just as the Lord commanded him. And he struck down the Philistines from Gibeon all the way to Gezer. All right. So my point is in telling the story, and there are hundreds of stories like this in the Bible, that 
David was in a pinch, and he needed to know what to do. He needed an answer from God. God, what should I do? How do I handle this situation? Now, here we're talking about David and his enemy, the Philistines. But in your situation, here we are two, 3,000 years later. You know, you may not be fighting Philistines today, but, you know, I know some of you are having some marriage problems, some relationship problems. Maybe you're having some trouble at work. Maybe you're having some, you know, some financial issues that you just, you know, God, I need an answer. I, I need you to help me. How do I deal with this? Lord, my children, I just see, I can see something in, in the heart of my child. I see them turning a different direction, and it's really troubling me, God. You know, the enemy is trying to lure them away and keep them from having a right relationship with you. And so we face all of these issues in life, and God still wants to hear your voice. He wants you to be speaking to him. And so... Uh, I, I, I came across this story again um, about people that say, and, and I, it, it amazes me as a pastor of how many people feel like they've never heard the voice of God. And I want to just say to you this morning that God does not always speak the same way to every person, okay? Because you'll remember when Jesus said, Father, glorify your name. And the Lord said, I've glorified my name, and I'll glorify my, my name again. Now listen to that. There are three groups of people there. It says, some of the people said it thundered. And some of the people said an angel spoke. And some of the people said, you know what? That was the voice of God. And so you got God's voice, the same voice saying the same thing, and you got three different groups of people that are hearing something totally different. Either thunder, no, no, that wasn't God, that was just thunder. Uh, maybe that was an angel, that could have been an angel, or it could have really been God. And um, in, in the, the story, I was, I was sharing this with Jason the other day, it was uh, this lady, she tells the story, she said, you know, early in her walk, she grew up in a Christian home, and she was just saying that, I've heard the voice of God twice, and both experiences left me so shaken that I doubted my sanity ever since. said, the first time, I was 18 years old. It was a terrible time in my life. I had just miscarried. One of my best friends had been killed in a car accident. My mom was threatening to kick me out, and the father of the baby and I had split up, probably part of what caused the miscarriage. So one night... I was in my apartment above my mom's house, and it was late, but not too late. I was listening to Pink Floyd, smoking a cigarette, and for the first... <laughs> all right, uh, we're all sinners, right? Um, for the first time uh, in about seven years, I decided to pray. All right, check this out. And I, I felt so low, you know. I didn't even believe in God. So I didn't know what I was praying to or who I was praying to or, who, or what I was praying about. So I said, God, you've probably given up on me by now. And before I could continue, I heard this voice as clear as day. Listen. This lady's saying, I've only heard God speak to me twice in my entire life. And by the time she finishes the sentence, she says, I heard this voice as clear as his day, saying, if I had given up on you, you would be dead by now. 
And I'm going to tell you that many of you are here, here this morning, you feel like, you know, maybe the sin that you've been in, things that you've done, maybe you feel like God could not forgive you for what you've done and what, what, where you've been and, and, you know, just the depth of sin that you've fallen into. And God's saying, I have not and I will not. I will never, ever give up on you. I won't give up on you. Now, you may have given up on God, but I'm telling you that God will never give up on you. And she goes on to say, says, I was given a series of visions, just like boom, 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 one right after another. And one was when I was six years old, and I had the Rocky Mountain spotted fever. And uh, um, she goes on to say that she was going to pick up a coat, and her dad said, don't put on the jacket. And she's like, why? Why? What's wrong? And her dad said, do not put on the jacket. And he walked over. They turned the jacket inside out. And in the sleeve of the jacket was a nest of black widow spiders. All right. Her dad told her that. Several years later, she says, you know, that they were walking. Her and her dad were walking together in the woods. And she was about to step over a log. And her dad grabbed her by the arm and pulled her back. And, you know, she's like, what's going on? What's up? And her dad just looked on the other side of the log, and there was a coiled up copperhead that she was about to step on just on the other side of the log. And her dad was hearing something that she hadn't heard or that she hadn't been able to hear. She goes on to say that at, at, just while all of this is going on, that uh, it said all of these things, all of these events that happened where her dad protected her in the past, you know, uh, then she talked about, you know, there were other times that she was in cars with drunk drivers and nothing happened, drugs that she took that didn't kill her, and everything was just like a series of events, everything she's seeing, just one right after another, and then she said, shortly after that, she said, uh, you know, um, uh, right outside, while this is all going on, Right outside, she hears a car crash. She walks out to the window, and uh, she said that there was a young boy that was hit hard enough that he went flying through the air, and she could hear the EMTs and first responders saying, he's not breathing, he's dead. Uh, she's hearing all of this. And then she cries out. This is a woman that has not heard from God, has not spoken to God, does not cry out to God, does not pray to God. And in her heart, she cries out, and she says, God, do not let this young man die in front of his mother. Save his life. And she said, at that moment, at that very moment, the boy coughed and took a deep breath of air and looked at his mom and said, Mom, what's wrong? Why is everybody here? Why is everybody looking at me? You know, I'm fine. Everything is fine. And I want to just tell you that, you know, maybe it's been a long time since you've heard God speak to you. But I want you to know that God does want to speak to you. And he has a plan and he has a purpose for your life that's so much better than the plan that you and I can, you know, try to figure out on our own. You know, his plan is a better plan. And so, as, I, as we look through this, uh, I want to just tell you there are several things that you can do. If you're not hearing the, the voice of God right now uh, and you want to hear God's voice, number one, you know, you need to uh, schedule a time with God. You know, I mean, you, you schedule time to get your oil changed, to see your doctor, to get your eyes checked, uh, to see a dentist. <laughs> you, you, you don't just show up. 
You know, you just, you make appointments. And so why is it that we would think that, you know, that God is any different? Why would we think that we could just, you know, just not make an appointment with God? It's like, God, I want to meet with you, you know, uh, and we'll see some scriptures here that indicate how others have done that. In Psalm chapter 5, verse 3, it says, Lord, this is what the psalmist is saying. He says, Lord, in the morning. That was his time. You know, maybe in the morning's not your time. You know, maybe, you know, maybe you're not your best early in the morning. Maybe it's, you know, later at night after you get your kids in bed. Or maybe it's, you know, during the middle of the day when the kids are at school. And you just want to have a, a, a quiet time with the Lord. Now, remember the story. Many of you have heard this. I think it was uh, um, Charles Wesley's wife that, you know, I mean, they had a, a number of kids, a large, large family. But every day at noon, I mean, the ki- and the kids knew this. And it was just like, kids, get out of the room and get away from me. And she would take, you know, those long kind of pilgrim-type dresses that women used to wear during that time, and she would pull one layer of that up over her head. And she would just sit there just quietly. No kids in the house, no kids distracting her. She'd just sit there and just seek the face of God, praying for those children by name, one by one, praying for her husband, praying for her church, praying for her nation, the nation that she lived in, you know, just praying, seeking the face of God. And God wants us to do the same thing. David said, Lord, in the morning, you will hear me in the morning. I will present my case to you. And then, listen to what he says, after I pray to you, Lord, I'm going to wait in anticipation. I'm going to wait expectantly for you to answer me. You're going to answer my prayer. In Exodus chapter 19, the Lord said to Moses, he says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, go to these people and sanctify them today and tomorrow and make them wash their clothes and be ready for the third day. And this is what God is saying. I'm going to meet with you on the third day. He was telling the entire, the nation of Israel, I'm going to meet with you on the third day, but I want you to prepare yourself. I want you to get your heart ready. I want you to rid yourself of all distractions out of your life. You know, you can't sit there and, you know, with your Bible open, answering emails and, you know, sending text messages and and constantly being interrupted. Shove all that stuff to the side and just say, Lord, I just just need to spend a few few moments with you. I want to tell you how much I love you. I want to tell you how much I meant, how much you mean to me. You know, and, and, and the work that you're doing in my life, I want to just say, God, how much that has meant to me. I want to, I want to thank you for my wife. I want to thank you for my children. I want to thank you today that we have food on our table and that we have a roof over our head. God, I just want to spend some quality time just thanking you, God, for who you are and telling you how much I love you and how much I care for you. And so on the third day, it says, there was thunder and lightning and a dense cloud came upon the mountain and the sound of, a, like the sound of a very loud horn or the shofar sound and the people who were in the camp trembled and Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they took their place at the foot of the mountain now Mount Sinai was completely covered with smoke because the Lord descended on it in fire and smoke went up like the smoke of a great furnace and the whole mountain shook violently and when the sound of the horn grew louder and louder Moses was speaking and God, listen, Moses was speaking and God was answering him. I want to tell you that if you will get alone with God and you'll just take a few minutes out of your day, out of your busy schedule and just say, Lord, I need to hear from you. Is there something you want me to do today? Remember 
you know, when Jesus was at a very early age, I think he was probably around 12 years old, and his family went up to Jerusalem to worship, and then the family leaves in a couple of days outside of, you know, town. It's like, where's Jesus? And, uh, you know, they go back. You guys know the story. They go back, and Jesus is having this dialogue with the religious leaders, and they're like, you know, Mary and Joseph are like, why, why are you treating us this way? You know, you know, you shouldn't treat us this way. You know, we were worried about you. We were concerned about you. But he said, I needed to be about my father's business. And I want to tell you that every one of you that are here this morning, every one of us, God has given each of us some business to take care of. And it could be just as simple as making a phone call. It could be calling a friend or a loved one. You know, I was just thinking about you today, anything going on in your life, anything I can be in prayer for you about today, just letting people know that you're concerned about them and that you care for them, all right? And so we see the first thing, we, we set a time, we set an appointment. The next thing we do is when we get there, usually, uh, you know, if you're like me, I've got about 20 things I need God to do, and I need God to do them right now, Okay. It's like, okay, God, all right, here, here's my checklist. I, you know, we need to do this, 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 and this. Thank you, God. See you tomorrow. And, you know, it's like, really? Is that, a, is that what we call a relationship? Is that a relationship? Or am I just reading off my laundry list of things that I want God to do? And, you know, I mean, God wants to have a conversation with you. And, you know, he, he wants to tell you how much he loves you and wants to hear you tell him how much you love him. The psalmist said again in Psalm 46.10, he says, be still. One of the hardest things for each of us to do, be still and know that I am God. And then Psalm 107, it says, they cried to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them from their distress. He made the storm to be still. He made the storm to be still. If you want the storm in your life to be still, then you be still before God and say, Lord, I need you. You did it with the disciples. When that storm was, you know, the wind and the waves were boisterous and the little boat was about to sink and the disciples said, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care? Of course he cares. And he, cares, he cared then and he cares now. But Jesus with a word, just simply with a word, you know, he spoke to the wind and he spoke to the waves and he said, peace, be still. And some of you need to hear that in your life right now. Today, you need to hear that, that there's raging, a raging going on. You're troubled by, by everything. You remember the story of Mary and Martha. And, you know, a, you know, a Martha comes to Jesus and she's like, you know, Lord, don't you care? I mean, I'm slaving away in the kitchen back here and, and Mary's just here like listening to the word of God, you know. And uh, she's just being real spiritual today. You know, she wants to sit at, the, sit at the feet of Jesus. And, you know, and I'm working away. I'm cooking. I'm sweeping. And she's not even trying to help me. And, and Jesus said to her, Martha, you're troubled. Listen to what he said. You're troubled not just by the fact that she's not helping you. He said, you're troubled by many things today. There's a lot that's going on in your life that's, that's troubling you. But one thing is needful. And that was true 2,000 years ago, and it's true today. One thing was needful, and that is that you and I need to spend time in the presence of Jesus listening to his word. That's what she was doing. It says, they, it says they, um, he made the storm still, the waves and the sea were hushed, and then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and they brought, he brought them to their desired haven. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his steadfast love. And 
Then as the children of Israel were approaching the sea, between the rock and the hard spot, as we say, and Moses said to them, Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. The Lord will bring you today. He said, The Egyptians that you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Guys, I can't tell you how much energy that I have spent, sleepless nights that I have spent trying to figure it out. I've got a problem, and, you know, all right, I'm, I'm running all of these scenarios in my mind. If I do this, then this, this, and this could happen. But on the other hand, if I do this, then these other things might happen. And you wear yourself out instead of just saying, you know, God, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know the answer. I need an answer from you, Father. Show me what you want me to do. Show me how to get through this situation. The third thing is, we said, we, you know, uh, number one was to uh, set a time and then to be still, wait for the Lord, and then to pray and read God's Word. It's always good to get into God's Word early in the morning. It says, in the morning, Mark chapter 1, verse 35, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed, speaking about Jesus. In Acts, uh, or excuse me, Psalm 119, it says, uh, uh, rise, he says, I rise before the dawning of the morning, and I cry for help and hope in your word. And finally, the last thing is, listen and write. You know, a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was last week we were talking about, I was talking about Keith Richards uh, from uh, Rolling Stones, how he woke up in the middle of the night and had that, you know, that, that melody to, you know, can't get no satisfaction. I mean, it's just like he kept a tablet, he kept a notebook, he kept a recorder by his, ve- by his be- bed. You know, right after that happened, I mean, in this last week, I woke up in the middle of the night, and man, I've got this incredible melody going through my mind, and I'm like, you know, by the time I could find a pencil or paper, it was like, it was just like it's gone. It was gone. You know, you know, it was probably a number one hit or something like that. <laughs> you know, could have. Could have paid a lot of debt, and no, but it's gone. All right, but seriously, uh, you know, be ready. Be ready to write things down. God will give you a scripture. He'll, you know, direct you to a place. So listen and write. Listen to what Habakkuk says in chapter two. He says, "I will stand my my. Uh, I will stand at my watch post. I will remain stationed on the city wall. I will keep watching. Listen, he says, I will keep watching so I can see." So I can see what he says to me. I need to see what he says to me. All right. And he says, and how I should answer when he counters my argument. And the Lord responded, write down the message. And so I just encourage you, you know, as you sense, you know, God speaking to you, just jot it down. It might be somebody's name, as I mentioned before. Might be something that God wants you to do. Maybe a place in the scripture, you know, look at a certain scripture. In James chapter 1, verse 19, it says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. Let every person be quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to anger. And as I mentioned earlier, if we come in typically, if you're like me, you come in, we have a laundry list of things that we want God to do. We want him to fill to you know, fill and answer all of the requests that we have on there. And we just kind of rattle things off instead of just like going in and just saying, you know, Lord, I just, I just need to be quiet for you. And, you know, just for a second, I just want to stop. I, I don't even want to ask you of anything. Remember we said that about Psalm 103 a couple of weeks ago, that David, in many of his Psalms, he's crying out to God, God, I need help here. I can't figure out this problem. 
The Philistines are after me. The Amalekites are after me. You know, Saul's family's after me. Saul wants to kill me. My own family wants to kill me. You know, he's got this whole list of things. And, you know, sometimes it's just good to come in and just say, Lord, Father, I just ask that you would just forgive me my sins today where I've grieved you, where I've, I've hurt you. Lord, I just want to thank you for your love and your faithfulness to me and my family. Lord, you've been so good to me. Your word says that you have not treated me as my sins deserve. God, you're a God that is full of love and compassion. You're full of mercy, Lord. And if you just start like that, I tell you, if you just start just kind of in a calm, giving God thanksgiving, you know, he knows your need. The Bible says that he knows your need before you even make one of your requests known to him. He knows what you're going to ask for. And I just want to encourage you, you know, just when you come into the presence of the Lord, the, uh, Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, don't be so rash with your tongue or quick with your your tongue um, you'll remember when um, Elijah was running from Jezebel and I'm looking back there and I'm seeing two plates of communion. And I'm thinking, did we do communion last week? We didn't? Huh? We did a picnic. Okay. So we're going to do communion next week. Okay, guys. I'm sorry. My, my apology. But if you want to take communion, there's going to be communion available there. And I just like if, I, if you're a prayer minister and, uh, you know, I just want to encourage your prayer ministers to kind of go over and. You know, uh, we have uh, just like to ask some of our younger uh, prayer ministers, Timmy and uh, Isaac and Faith. Do you guys, would you guys mind standing just right here and being available for young people that want to come up? Looking at Danny and Anne Marie, and uh, you know, you guys have a. Uh, it's next Saturday, right? Your picnic, huh? This this coming Saturday, okay. You guys need help? Okay. Uh, serving the homeless, if you want to help serve the homeless over at Peace Pets, you can see Danny and Anne Marie. And so I'm um, just thank all of you guys, you know, so much for your your service, your faithfulness, uh, you know, your service here this morning. I'm coming in, and the elders, uh, you know, grabbed me and deacons and wanted to know if they could pray for me and. I'm thinking, you know, God, if I had, and I've said this, and, and, and I, I so, just so mean it, but if I could choose anybody in this entire world to pray for me this morning, I wouldn't have chosen to be any place else except for right here. I mean, with a group of people that, you know, that just have surrounded me with their their love and their kindness, I'm just, I'm just blown away, you know, just by the kindness of, uh, you know, just uh, of this congregation. You guys are just the most amazing people 
on the face of the earth. I, I really have to tell you that. You know, I'm just, you know, I mean, almost every week I'll get a call from somebody that says, if you haven't found a liver, I'll be a donor. I'll be a donor. It's like, you know what? That takes a lot. That takes a lot. And, I mean, it just wipes me out, you know, the goodness and the just, you know, the love and the kindness of God. So I want you to just be thinking about this right now. Our prayer ministers are up, and they're all around the building. And if you need prayer this morning, I want to encourage you to, to get up and uh, to go. I just want to close with this one story, and I'm just going to tell the story from... Uh, from First Kings chapter 18, uh, the, the whole story of Elijah, it's just like, First uh, Kings chapter 18 starts like this. It starts out just like this. And Elijah, the Tishbite, it's like, what? It's like, I mean, how about a little introduction here, God? Who is this guy? Elijah, the Tishbite. And then it just starts out, I mean, I mean with all of these amazing miracles that he's done. And so, you know, uh, we, we read about him in the New Testament. Jesus talks about him in the New Testament. He's spoken about in the book of James about a man that called for a famine to be up on the earth and there was no rain on the, on the earth for over three, a three-year period. And then God calls for rain and, and the Lord sends the rain through the prophet praying. Um, but after that, the, the queen, uh, King Ahab and, and uh, his wife Jezebel decide that they want to kill the prophet and he's running for his life and he goes and he hides in a cave. And we're talking about listening to God. And while he's inside the cave, I mean, there's more noise. I mean, there's lightning. Anybody ever been close to a lightning strike? I mean, you know, just like, I mean, it's just like, it, it rattles you so much. I remember just driving down the road, you know, and, and it's like it strikes the telephone pole or the fence line next to me. I mean, it's just like, you. I mean, you just like, you, 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 I mean, you're so startled. I mean, there's nothing any louder than that that will get your attention. And then I always like it, you know, after it happens, then you start, it's like you start, you, you want to duck, and it's a little bit late by that point. But... Uh, Anyway, all of this is going on outside the cave, and Elijah is, uh, he's hearing this, you know, the, the thunder and the lightning and, and the wind and rocks that are breaking into pieces. And every one of those places, it says that, that God's voice wasn't in the lightning, and God's voice wasn't in the, the splitting of the rocks, and God's voice wasn't in the thunder. And it talks about all the places that God's voice wasn't. It says, and then God spoke to Elijah in a whisper. And so for some of us, it could be a booming, thunderous voice. And for some of us, it could be a still, small voice like a whisper. And for some of us, it could be an impression that I just, God, I just so feel like, you know, like the, 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 the daughter and, and her father, you know, don't put your, your, your hand in that jacket or don't step over this log. I, God's impressed something in my life that something is wrong, something is, is not quite right here. And, you know, just kind of like, you know, you're kind of getting your spiritual antenna up that something is about to happen, God's about to say something, or God's about to do something. It was kind of like a warning from God. 
And, and see, I, I believe that God wants to just, he wants to speak to you every day, not just here on Sunday morning, and I'm grateful that God does speak on Sunday morning, but I know that God wants to speak to every one of us every day, you know, whether it's a still small voice or whether it's, you know, through thunder or lightning, God wants to talk to you. He does. Would you stand with me, please? Father, we thank you for your love and your goodness, Lord. We just uh, thank you for your word, how beautiful your word is. And uh, I, I go back to that story about Samuel, and it says that the word of God was rare in those days. Lord, I'm praying that you would speak to each of us and to each of our hearts, Lord God. You know what your people are facing and what they're going through, and some have health issues and and all of the issues of life that we face, just life itself, the challenge of life. And God, we know that, Lord, many of the problems that we face on a daily basis are larger, they're bigger than we are. But God, they are not bigger than you are, God. And Lord, you're the God that can part the sea. You're the God that can stack up the waters of the Jordan. You're the God that tells the servant, tells the centurion, go home. Your servant is healed. You're the one that says, Lazarus, come forth. Lord, it's through your voice. It is through the power of your word, Lord God, that all things are and all things consist because of the power of your word. And I'm asking you, Lord, that you would speak into each heart in this place today, Lord. There's so many that need a word from you today. God, please, I'm asking you to speak and give us an ear to hear. It's what you said to the church in Revelation. Give us an ear to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, to not only to the church, but to us individually. And I just want you to just, if you would, uh, just however you worship God, whether it's through lifting of your hands or maybe you just want to just sit down for just a second, uh, put your face in your hand, I'm just want to stop. I just want to, maybe you want to kneel. Maybe you just want to kneel before God right now. But I just want to take a moment and just say, Lord, we love you. We thank you, Father. We bless you, Lord God. Lord, we, we are such a blessed people. And Lord, you, your mercies truly are new every morning. And God, just pour out your Holy Spirit over each one of us, Lord. Each one in this place, Father, soak us and saturate us. And, and Lord, we need the baptism, the immersion of your Holy Spirit. We need to be saturated in your Holy Spirit, Lord. Your word says it. you give us your Holy Spirit and that he will lead us and he will guide us in all truth. And all of God's people said we're grateful for that, right? Let's just lift up a shout of praise to our God. We serve a great God. Amen? Amen. All right, God bless you guys. If you need prayer, uh, I, I just encourage you, please, go see somebody, pray with somebody before you leave. You know, we all need prayer. There's nothing to be ashamed of. If you need prayer, go pray with somebody. God bless you. Love you guys. Have a great week.